everybody to episode 10 of the Therapeutic Blueprint podcast. My name is Hannah and the other two members of the panel are producer Stu and editor-in-chief Ian. Say hi, guys. Hiya. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, nice start there. Um, so today's episode, we're going to look at mainly Christmas, but overall the festive period for children and the challenges that they face. Now, we're very aware that we're releasing this in October. And actually, that's one of the reasons why we are releasing it in October, because it is one of the most challenging times that our children face. And it's something, as we all know, we do in children's home is we have to kind of predict the future a little bit with how things are going to go. So we kind of want to just share some advice today on um, traditions that we set in our children's homes, things that we've seen over the years, um, and just kind of get opinions on it. So I'm going to start with you, Stu, and you discuss what are you thinking about the festive period and what's coming up? I, I think for me, I, I, part, part of the reason why I think this episode is really important is I think when we get through October um, and Halloween, which we, we, we seem to celebrate a lot more now, um, that we just seem to get hit with Christmas. And actually, I think it's safe to say we've already seen that anyway. A lot of the shops I'll be going in now, they're already setting up their Christmas displays. And I think we're, we're, Christmas is rammed down our, our, our throats in a way for three months until for one day. And, um, yeah, it's fun. I, I can be a screw sometimes, but I do quite like Christmas. You definitely but are. actually, all that build-up, all that build-up, all that anticipation... And all that excitement, but also all that fear. That's that you know we we think Christmas is a magical time, but not for everybody. It's not actually. So um, I think it's really important that we kind of think proactively and and, and kindly about how how Christmas impacts on everyone within a children's home. You know, and actually some hints and tips of how we can kind of get through that and smoothishly, if that makes sense. I like that word, smoothishly. Um, Ian, what are your thoughts? I agree with what Stu said. It's definitely a, a difficult time of year for a lot of the kids and, and also, I think, staff as well when yeah. they're having to, you know, missing their families and the challenges around that and how sometimes, you know, kids can pick up on that side of things as well. We're only human at the end of the day. We can't, we can't hide all our emotions, can we? And uh, I think they, they do pick up on that and, and also pick up on staff's excitement when they're talking about the things that they might be doing. So, again, I think we have to be very mindful of that we're not rubbing children's faces in it at the same time. Um, it's lovely when people are excited, isn't it? But how we contain it to a level as well sometimes. Um, but, yeah, as Stu said, I think uh, the build-up is a lot bigger now. And then there's definitely other festivals this time of year as well. Um, but with all the, the advertising and... You know, as Stu said, seeing things in the shops, you can't escape it. Um, so it's hard, isn't it, then, I suppose, for people who want to just try and avoid Christmas sometimes. Yeah. as their way of coping things where it's literally everywhere you turn, isn't it, on adverts and in shops and on billboards and, and everything else. Um, and, yeah, it, it is one day, isn't it? And I think a big thing as well is, though, that... What I've noticed for some kids is it definitely preparing for Christmas is really important, but also recognising that some kids with their processing, it's actually the aftermath after Christmas and into the new year and, and early January where uh, 
some kids then start to process and, and really show their that whole emotional roller coaster starts to uh, become more prominent sometimes after Christmas, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some kids, it's more in the build-up towards it. So, yeah, we're just thinking about how we wind things back down as well sometimes. So there's a lot there's a lot to plan around, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And um, definitely requires staff to be very in tune with uh, with the kids and each other as well, just mm-hmm. to, to support everyone through. You know, what should be a lovely time, but as Stu said, it's not necessarily for for everybody. So it's being mindful, isn't it? And uh, everyone's experience will be different around that time of year. Yeah, I think where I was just trying to sit with it or think about was where do I sit in all this with with the children that I've worked with, my own experiences, staff experiences. I think I kind of fall into maybe four different categories maybe five probably but like one that I personally absolutely love Christmas myself and I do think um that's just something that every every year I do get excited about then the second part is I've seen kids that absolutely struggle with it um understandably because everywhere you go everything you see is just reinforcing families and that for them it can feel very very rejecting then I also sit in another camp where I've seen kids absolutely love it and they really enjoy it and as we know with some of our children sometimes when they really love things they struggle afterwards like you said Ian because there's a lot of emotions connected to that then I also think about the staff and the staff I would say the majority of the staff that I've worked with love it too there are definitely some that struggle but with that and and I think within the with the adult side of things how I'm thinking staff members is I think sometimes staff go in with a too high expectation. And sometimes that expectation is different. Sometimes it's we're going to have the best Christmas because that's what I want and that's what I want for the children, which always comes from a good place. But I've also seen staff do the absolute opposite. They go in expecting children to absolutely hate it and then they don't put enough oomph into the Christmas day itself. So... It's really interesting all the kind of little different branches that what you two were sharing took me to because that shows in itself the complexity of what we're having to deal with during the festive times for people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think it can be bittersweet for a lot of kids as well. So then they're sort of torn then between, am I supposed to enjoy this? Should I be, you know? I'm supposed to hate this. I'm supposed to hate being away from home, yeah. and that, that's yeah. So kids can be very torn then. Yeah. Um. In in terms of yeah, having very mixed emotions and then beating themselves up sometimes for having perfectly healthy mixed emotions. I think it's bittersweet for a lot of people. I think generally in children's homes, this is what can happen. When children start to feel safe and they feel like they belong in a children's home, they get conflicted with then their families, their birth families. And sometimes they might even have feelings when they feel more connected within the children's home than they do in their birth family or the other way around as well. So that's kind of emphasised even more when we're looking at Christmas, isn't it? Like you said, because they could really join. I remember one child turning around to me saying this was the best day of his life. And I remember thinking, wow, like that must have been really big for him to say it. And then what were we going to see was afterwards. So this is the challenge that we have. What were you going to say, Stu? 
I suppose I just wanted to say that, you know, not not to put a downer on Christmas, not to put a downer on on, on all the the festivities. There there is fun to be had, but I think it's just about being being cautious. Maybe not the right the word, but prepared. You know, and and, yeah. and like you say, I think having those expectations. I think I've had very high expectations before, and then when children have struggled, I've kind of. I found myself in the early days taking that a bit personally and actually thinking that was a bit unfair of the children to do that. So I think, you know, as I as I got older and more miserable, you know, I was a bit more accepting <laughs> of, 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 you know, of, the, of, of things. But, um, you know, it is about having fun, but it's just about saying, OK, let's, 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 Let's let's think about, you know, all the potential impacts. Like you say, you can have the best day of your life and then and then actually, but I shouldn't because this isn't okay, because I should I shouldn't be happy here. You know, so then we have then we have the fallout of that and picking those pieces up as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but there's still lots of fun to be had. I think it's important to share about like the fun that can be had because for me personally I always found Christmases um certainly I think maybe more when I was a manager was a time where you could give new traditions like you can as a home create traditions as a family that you want to continue as a legacy and I suppose like Stu you can share some of the traditions that we used to do that we loved doing and more importantly the kids loved yeah it was um, the one that sticks out for me, well, I think there's two, was making a point of, you know, including the children in, in Christmas. So one of the things we, we developed was making sure that each year each child had a decoration for the tree. And each year those decorations come out again. So every year children that had been there before would still be present on Christmas and they would still be remembered at Christmas. So we'd have, we'll say, Hannah, 2019 Ian 2020 but everyone would be there so we can always remember and we can always look back and and it shows the children that we're not going to forget about them what you know we're going to think about them all the time and then I think the other one for me was obviously getting everybody there on Christmas day would be difficult but finding a time before Christmas where everybody can sit down together as a really big dysfunctional <laughs> crazy family and and have a meal together or or do something together you know whether that's going out for a meal or that time I cooked for 15 people I think it was you know and what a memory to have that you know those those sort of things and you know when we see kids that we've looked after you know and that that it's the first thing that comes up is do you remember that time we all sat down for Christmas dinner and you can't you can't buy that um everybody has to kind of get into the spirit of it everybody has to kind of want to do it and uh, and trust me it, it's well worth it it's hard though cooking for 15 people <laughs> yeah it were it, what what i wanted to add there though is we did have 15 of us so all the staff came in the children came in we had a meal i think it was like a week before christmas but even in that meal we planned everything to the point of where children were sitting because we knew that some children would struggle in certain locations on that table than where than others would huh? so and i suppose that's kind of what we're trying to raise today you know, is yeah. talking about having to think about every step of the way what we are doing. Yeah. Like there was at one point we used to get um, 
like a, I don't know what the word is, like a figurine, wasn't it? Of like that we'd get, you used to go to Mary Hill and get it and an artist would draw the names of the children on like the chimney. Yeah. Do you remember? So and you even... Like, so it was like a, yeah, so if you had three three children living in the home, you'd have, a, say, a tree with three baubles on and they'd write their name on in that year. Uh, it could be a fire, it was a fireplace. I actually still have the ones from when, when we worked together and I, I actually still bring them out in my own house at Christmas now. So, yes, we joke about me being miserable at Christmas, but I do get quite mushy and teary as well. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, like, when but when we did that, it, what we did on it, because, you know, there was a, one of them in particular I'm thinking about was a chimney and it had all the stars on. We would even think about which child we put in what order on the ornament because oh, yeah, we knew yeah. that it might yeah. cause a fight if we had certain children on. And we did. We went with the tradition of the oldest to the youngest, but we did. We constantly yeah. thought about it because we knew that if mm. we had something slightly wrong, that the children might completely dysregulate from it. It went down to yeah. things like the Christmas tree as well. Did we have a plastic tree or did we have a real tree? Well, yes, I've definitely worked in many children's homes where that tree's been knocked over on Christmas Day because it's been too much for children. But I've also been in children's homes where all the kids really want that tree and they're so sensory, they love the smell and it calms them down. But for mm. some other children, that smell could do the absolute opposite and then it would warrant a, a fake tree. And these are the kind of things that we, we want to share with people. I mean, I don't know about you, Ian, like what things have you guys done over the Christmas period in your homes? Um, definitely, we've we've. I think about uh, one of the kids who used to always steal the baubles because again, he quite liked them for sensory reasons. So he used to run off and take them all to his <laughs> room. But of course, then that would upset other kids because it was funny. But yeah. the impact that had on other kids then, because to them that could be their their Christmas spoils. Um, but like, I, I love um, what you used to do in terms of the ornaments and things. But I think just in general. Traditions is so important. We used to have carol singers come as well. Some of the care managers yeah. used to come with with other people and, and come round to the homes. So every Sunday in Advent, they'd come um, for the for the weeks preceding, leading up to Christmas. And uh, so that that um, that was nice as well because everyone sat in the lounge in in each of the homes, and they'd go round all the homes, and and everyone would sit in the lounge who wanted to and wait for the carol singers to. Uh, to come, it's a bit awkward sometimes trying to sit there uh, <laughs> while people are coming in with their singing in their best choir voices. <laughs> you know, it's more awkward for the staff sometimes trying to keep a straight face, as you can imagine. I was like the naughty boy laughing in church at times, but um, that that was great because everyone knew that that would happen every uh, every Sunday coming up. So we we sort of we looked forward to the little things as a. You know, as a family in the homes. What Sorry, I, Stu. What I loved about that, you said, I mean, that was fantastic and was and well thought out and well considered. I think it's worth pointing out as well that, you know, sometimes and 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 I'm talking about my experience in in the homes that I I would work in. That actually, you would find that sometimes senior leaders would start to kind of make visits, you know, and they would plan visits yes. for Christmas. And actually, and 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 Hannah, I'll you know, I'll name check here. You here was actually, you said no, you're not going to come because we don't want a token visit. We don't want a visit for you. If you want to come and see our children, you come and see them in March, you come and see them in July, you come and see them throughout the year. Don't just come at Christmas to make you feel better. Now, mm -hmm. that might be a bit mean-sounding, but actually, we've got to be very careful, you know, and, and 
I think we stopped the chief executive coming, you know, we and did. said, God, no, we'd rather you come in January. Well, you did. Yeah, we did. But, yeah. Because I think exactly what you're saying, Stu, sometimes it's about making other people feel better about themselves, whereas actually, you know, this is our mm. children's home, and I'm not talking a children's home, it's our children's home, and it's about them, and these are the times that are most challenging for them, so we need to protect them more at these times. And, like, some of the things that I was just thinking about, what have I seen over the years that have gone wrong in children's homes, and the ones I'm talking about, the ones I've worked in, I remember one year, like, a staff member would come in, and they would give each of the staff members a present and nothing to the children. I mean, for me, I remember just cringing and being like, this is not okay. Like, we're saying that we care about each other more than we care about them. I would rather no one brought in anything and as a home we would deliver all the gifts together for the children versus the staff coming in and giving each other presents because that just doesn't feel good for anyone doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult because if you're an adult and you got missed out that wouldn't make you feel good either and i would never want anyone to feel obliged to have to do this stuff i'm trying to think of this is me pausing to think of other things that i've seen over the years what what are things have you two seen uh, uh, that's happened around christmas time that you look back now and think oh gosh no the one that, that really sticks out for me and it's probably a big thing is Christmas routers and the conversations had around that and where they oh, had. Yeah. I've had people yeah. say to yeah, yeah. people say to me in front of in front of children, Where what are you on Christmas? And I've said, We'll we'll have a chat about this later. And part of that mm. chat is me saying, We're not gonna talk like that in front of the children. We want them to feel like we we well, we, we want to be here, we're not obliged to be here. And you know, I mean I oh, know how many how many Christmas days I've worked, and I wouldn't change a single one. And it's not, I don't I don't want to pat on the back, you know. I I I know why I've done that, and I, it's also sometimes to give people that opportunity to to not to not be there. But I, having those conversations in front of the children was shocking and and terrible. But I've also been guilty of it as well. Well, it's the same kind of conversations as people talk about their annual leave. And like, is there like yeah. the, you need to have a break from the children? That doesn't make them feel good. No, I think also one of the things that that, that, that sticks out for me, and I, I'm saying this as somebody who's just bought a car while they were at work, but uh, you know, doing Christmas shopping for your own your own Christmas shopping while you're on shift, you know, while you're out with the kids, that actually maybe. Let's let's knock that on. Let's not talk about what I'm buying my own children. You know, let's not talk about your your own Christmas. Oh, no, that's that's wrong because you can share your own Christmas thoughts, but not. You know, oh, I, I've spent two hundred pound on a pair of trainers. I've done this. I've done that. Let's just just rein that in a little bit because that happens yeah. a hell of a lot. It does, and I sort of touched on in the introduction. Really, I. People can talk about all the lovely things that they're going to be doing, but, um, you know, overly, it's all right talking about things matter-of-fact and not oversharing, but there's a big difference, isn't there, when, when people are really super excited and, you know, but when they're talking about what's happening in the house, it's it's not with that same level of enthusiasm and kids will be able to filter out straight away that difference, won't they, from stuff. So we have got to be really, really careful and... Um, yeah, 
not making it appear to be a burden having to come in. Mm-hmm. And I think is another thing that, that it made me think is, you know, like thinking of the meal that we had and, and I remember one child wasn't able to sit through that entire meal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and again, I think people might have took that a little bit personally, maybe maybe myself to an extent, but once you take a moment and have a think, you go, okay, that person just, just, just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't deal with it all, but they did a little bit, so that's amazing, you know, and, yeah. and not, again, it's back to expectations, I suppose. I suppose it also, it goes back to things like that with timescales, like, with our within our own families, we might be able to sit at a dining room table for an hour or two at Christmas and enjoy it. But you'll be lucky, like you said, if you might get minutes out of our children or not at all, and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong or that you've done anything wrong. It's just might be it's a bit mm. too much. But then on the flip side, like you said previously, yeah. you also get the kids that will love that and they'll embrace that and they could be there all day yeah. because it might be their first experience of this kind of scenario or this festive period in itself everything has to kind of be on on the flip side i think at this time of year this could happen but this could happen too either way it can go can't it and it is taking those opportunities to we talked about summer holidays recently and then and now we're we're, we're back at christmas it is those chances to you know to, to try different things you know um pantomimes you know the big big productions but also the small productions yeah. the small local productions yeah the local ones fantastic what you said about the carol singers you know carol services you know let's let's have a think about you know do, doing something like that you know ice skating this time of year is you know really interesting going you know going to the christmas market i mean one of the one of the, my favorite things when i worked in in shropshire was just driving around and looking at the houses that people had decorated yeah we, we used to do that a lot yeah, you know, yeah. it was fantastic. Even in some of the dingiest parts of the black country, there were still ah. some uh, beautiful houses, most Are definitely. You're talking, you talking about my mum's house. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's visible from space, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Don't, but don't be put off by things. Like, with, if you know your children are going to struggle with doing Christmas, doesn't mean you don't celebrate it at all. Like, do it in moderation. Like, start planning as much as some people might start cringing now for the average person who's got things in the shop. But if you work with children, especially children with learning disabilities who need time to process and transition things, maybe you start putting small decorations around the house now. And I, I can imagine, Stu, right now, you're going oh god but i mean it because but starting to get them used to these things because a lot of these things are shiny and sparkly and and can be a bit of a sensory overlight especially lights as well that we're thinking about so maybe even when you're getting lights for the trees don't get the ones that flash get the ones that are just still maybe get the lighter color ones versus the darker colored ones like it really does come down to you knowing your children but maybe part of the process is starting to do these things now starting to have the conversations with them that you know it's coming you know it's coming it's the elephant in the room so you may as well start sharing it with them and preparing them ask them how they feel about christmas coming are they excited are they not excited there's no judgment but at least you know where the children are going to be at if you ask sometimes we do a lot of assuming part of our job is to assume and be detectives in many ways but in other ways, like the children can verbalise, even if they can't vocally share you, they'll tell you in their body language. 
Like you could just get one item, a Christmas item in the house and see how all of your children react. If they're starting to struggle with it, then you know you've got a lot of work to do there. What, what do you two think? Yeah, um, it's, you've really got to consider so many things there. And um, I think some kids, it could go the other way and actually introducing things too soon. Yeah. Could confuse them more when they've got no concept of time as well. So it really does. It's it's trial and error, isn't it? And mm. uh, definitely seeking the kids' views on things is really important. I mean, some kids won't be able to communicate their views either. So, again, no. you know, visuals and, and countdowns, calendars that they can cross off and things can really help some kids as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it could be so varied in terms of how we, we prepare kids. And uh, some kids, we might only be able to prepare... A couple of weeks before, but other kids definitely will need a longer processing time. But um, I think as well, just sort of diverting slightly there, um, it's important to establish traditions because traditions build identity. And in terms of the wider context, you know, we, we often talk about building identity in kids and how how important that is, you know, in so many ways, and, and even in terms of contextualised safeguarding. And actually, traditions help to build identity. They help people to find what makes them tick and what they don't like. Yeah. And uh, it helps people to feel part of things and, and builds that inclusivity. So, um, yeah, giving them these experiences actually in, in the bigger picture as well um, can develop skills in other areas and, and make them feel part of different things you know i've i've even took kids to, to church um, around christmas time mm. um who wouldn't normally go um but that they've asked to do that because sometimes that can remind them of um you know going with grandparents or or um, other family members etc so uh, they might not necessarily be religious but they still might like the um that sort of group connection and that community that that things like that can create. Um, it's giving them that sense of belonging, isn't it? Well, having neighbours around more around that time, you definitely, you know, having, uh, you know, planning something a bit more open where we could have like a mince pie morning with uh mm. with with people within the community where they they can come and come and visit as well so just opening the doors to let other people into the children's lives and in a safe and controlled way I mean I know I know this is something we talked about off off pod before we started talking and so I don't want to steal the thunder but I think also Christmas it, although it is a religious festival it's also it is also a festive period it's not ju it's not solely religious and actually in, there are other you know you talked about before Hannah um, there are other celebrations happening around this time of year so I think you know and the diversity of the children should be you know considered so but again I don't want to look like I'm I'm the woke person that's bringing that up because we we had spoke about that before no, but it's true though. Like we we were talking about it. Yeah. We've got Hanukkah coming up. We've got Diwali coming up. There's things like Passover. There's there's so many different festival periods coming up. It is important to talk about because yes, Christmas is in your face, and it's one of the main um, things for England that we seem to go on and on and on about. But there are also we can't lose all the other festive periods because we have so many amazing children from diverse backgrounds. So it could be a date that we don't even realize is i mean i don't know the dates of what i just was sharing but what i'm saying is maybe i should know those dates because if say one of them was on the 11th of november and suddenly one of the children who 
was from that religion suddenly started to wobble in their behavior and dysregulate because of what was happening they could have think about family on those days because that to them is their festive period then of course they're going to have exactly the same emotions of our children that's for, for our children that celebrate christmas so it's really important that we do think about these dates and it's not just about being a tick box it's about people's identities here like you spoke about ian and not forgetting everyone's identity or the fact that they might struggle with that part of their identity and also helping them on that side of things there's so many variables to everything that we're discussing and one of the reasons why we're sharing it right is to start making people think about it like a, another yeah. one of the things I was thinking, which actually was a really heartbreaking moment. I remember when I was working on a Christmas day, I was working in a three bedded home and two of the children went home and one didn't. And I just remember yeah. being like that one child. I just wanted to make whatever I could on that day. And I actually that child wanted beans on toast great, we're going to get you beans on toast because that's what you want. <laughs> that's what's going to make you have the best yeah. day. We're going to have it because I'm not saying that the two children that went home didn't have challenges because, of course, they did. But for that one child, it was a bit like, well, they get to see their family and I don't. Yeah. 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 And that's an, and that's another uh, element, I'm... isn't it? Yeah, and I think we all... I think we all went a bit quiet then thinking about that child that we've we've been with on those days and mm. and um you know and how tough that is and and I think it's always worthwhile trying to to make sure that um we do t we do make that extra effort I mean mm. I've always said and again I'm not not asking for a pat on the back but on those rare occasions that I haven't been in the home on Christmas day I've still made sure I'm in the home whether that's a, a quick visit even if it's a hundred mile round trip or if it's a phone call just to say, you know, just to say hello, thinking of you, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think just be just remembering that actually people do need to feel loved and remembered on, on that day as well, especially if, you know, others, others are going home. But you think also sometimes we expect family time to go well just because it's Christmas and actually it, doesn't yeah Does that's that... an in yeah no that's an interesting one because when, for me my brain went i expect it to go wrong but i absolutely agree with yeah. you though Stu. i think most people probably expect it to be good because it is christmas i just yeah. have very few like children it's, it's gone well with yeah yeah it's the one day that all their family problems will not be there <laughs> yeah yeah because it's this in inverted commas, magical day, but yeah, that resentment can definitely creep up. Yeah. Well, it's the most um, wonderful time of the year, apparently. Yeah. And also, <laughs> how, you know, parents can parents can project their guilt <gasps> yes. onto the kids or the staff even. Yes. And uh, so there's so many different so many different dynamics, isn't there? But I've I've definitely supported some lovely family visits. Um I remember uh some years back now, my key child um had a visit over in one of the, the family centres and uh, his mother cooked us all a lovely Christmas meal for, for me and one of my colleagues, yeah. And, uh, you know, this this young lad was opening his presents with mum and it was great. And you know what? It, that went absolutely uh, as smooth as it could have done that time and definitely uh, 
that was one of the more memorable experiences. You know, there's definitely been other times where I've come in. I remember coming in on a night shift one year and the Christmas tree had literally been dragged all around the, the house and uh, so sweeping up the pine cones for the, mm. the the rest of the night. But I didn't mind about that. That that was the least of my worries. Uh, it was just so sad to see that for somebody that that was their way of dealing with Christmas yeah. was to get rid of the tree. They wanted yeah. they wanted that that very visual and I suppose a tree is such a, a huge and imposing thing as well, imposing object if you like. It's very in your face, isn't it? It is, and uh, yeah. Also, I was thinking when you were sort of mentioning the other festivals, it made me think of the winter solstice, which really is what a lot of these festivals are built around. Yeah. Um, but but also there, the impact that the shortest day of the year has because of the lack of daylight and the way that can affect brain chemistry. And, you know, people are obviously going to be pumping out melatonin far earlier in the day and feel more lethargic and less less inspired to do things and, you know, probably slightly more depressed than what they'd usually be on their sort of oh. arousal curve, if you like. So, yeah. Ian, you're so spot on. That's me. <laughs> Let alone our children. That's me. I hate <laughs> I hate it yeah. because that darkness, you're right. For me personally, I find it really a depressant and I really have to go out my way to not make it like that because, you know, it's three or four o'clock, it's going dark. But you're absolutely right for yeah. our children. You just start, I could never live in Alaska because it just wouldn't work for me. But going back to something you mentioned, Ian, actually, and I'm really glad you said it, talking about like the guilt that families feel. I think I see this a lot and I've heard it a couple of times lately, more around birthdays, but it's the same around Christmas. When we see children go to family time and there, there's a million one gifts given to them. And not long ago, I had a lovely lady talk to me about um, how this scenario happened, but it was actually for his birthday. And she said to me, she goes, I don't, I know this sounds bad. She goes, but it looks like he's ungrateful. And I was like, no, I absolutely understand what you're saying. The reason why often our children are disappointed after family time, we've been given so many gifts, is not because as we, as they can come across as being ungrateful, it's because that means nothing to them. All they want is their family's love. Yeah. That's what yeah. they ultimately want. And and for the families, because they're not there, they think that they need to give them that with three gifts and presents because it's for some of our children, it's the only time of year they ever see them. And then the children sometimes will love it and they'll just absolutely zone into all the gifts and almost come overly attached to them, which you can understand too. But on the other side, some children completely don't want those gifts. They break them, throw them. And that's not because they're ungrateful. It's just because they don't want that. They just want their parents. They just want their family, don't they? Definitely. And, and it's it's sort of amplified a thousandfold, isn't it, around Christmas time yeah. compared to usual family visits any other time of the year and I've definitely I think I've spoke about this before on podcasts how on on other visits where some parents are very what I'd call functional in their parenting so they mm. might provide somebody with you know gifts toiletries clothing but they don't provide emotionally and as you said that that's what the child really needs is is that connection and um that that bonding but it, that that's absent from that, and you can't put a price on, you can't put a price on that, can you? And and then definitely some parents haven't got the skill um, to actually connect on that emotional level, or or there's been such a wall built up, and and that guilt has 
is sort of strengthen that wall, then uh, we do need to support really both sides yeah. sometimes then to try and break down those those barriers and, and help parents to to um to be able to build those connections with kids because they're not necessarily going to have the skills to do that either i couldn't agree with you more kids definitely aren't i think you're spot on i think sometimes we just allow well one we don't always know what we're turning up to in a family time right but sometimes i think we allow these scenarios to happen whereas actually it could have been a phone call to the parents to really and not a phone call of don't buy them this they don't need it but like let's really explore why you're buying all these gifts for them or is going to go down to the house and meet with them and chat to them about it, like really teaching them. Because like you said, a lot of them haven't ever been parented themselves. And then their parenting hasn't been quite what the children have needed for one reason or another. So it's actually about teaching them. Um, and I think that's something that I look back now and think I wish I'd done that a bit more. I think personally, I may have judged more than I should have especially in my younger days and that's something now that I really constantly try and think about and be cautious about and be like now hang on a minute they don't know so let me explain to them and get them to understand the reasonings why it doesn't always go to plan you know I've, I've definitely had conversations with parents and then it still happened anyway and that might be because you know the guilt's still too heavy and they have to do it because a different way might feel Absolutely. failure to them and um, um, you know, and we have to accept that too. But I think we we certainly need to try. I mean, what what do you think, Stu? I know, like you work for Educare at the minute. What are you? What are your thoughts on all this? One of the things that I experience a lot at the moment is parents that have overindulged their children, and that's okay when trips to Poundland will work. But when it's chips to JD, to Curry's, to John Lewis, I don't know, or wherever, it's an expensive shop that I don't obviously go to. Um, <laughs> that becomes very difficult, and it, there's there's always this this measure, and the measure is finances. Sometimes, you know, I I you know I I bought I spent this much, I bought this, I bought this, you, you know, and it it's it's hard to have those conversations with people and say, well, actually. Maybe you should have just been present a little bit more. Mm. Maybe it's not presence, it's presence. Does that, mm. that make You're sense? You're going to love that. He's going to yeah, love that now, aren't you, Stu? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good saying. I, I do love a good saying. <laughs> do you know what I was also thinking, though, as we're talking about parents, but children's home do the like the same. They overindulge too sometimes with children because, you know, we feel bad as well. We want them to have a nice Christmas. It might be their first Christmas away from home for all we know. And yeah. I've definitely seen it that hundreds have been spent on them. I've also seen the absolute opposite where hardly anything's been spent on them. And that's also ridiculous. But it's about getting the balance, isn't it? It's about getting the cap. Yeah. Um, and that was something, if you remember, Stu, we used to do. We had a cap for each of the children. We would have a price cap for their stockings, and then we had a price cap for their gifts. And correct me if I'm wrong, bear in mind this was a few years ago now, I think we had, like, was it £20 for stockings and then £120 for everything else, like all their presents, everything? There was, yes, yeah, so, something similar. And then I think we also had Christmas Eve boxes as well. That we yeah. would do, which which is big. So uh, there was a, there was a, yeah. I think that came out of the hundred and twenty. 
oh, I, I, I can't remember, but, it, you know, the cost of living's gone up, so the price would have to go up now. Yeah, we have to adjust for inflation. Um, but, yeah, we did we did stick to that. And, I mean, I remember I remember doing the... Taking the responsibility of the of the of the stocking gifts and enjoying that, you know, and everybody taking on that that, that everybody doing their their bit, you know, everybody um, getting into the spirit, doing taking on a role. So I did the stocking. Somebody else probably did the the Christmas Eve boxes, which I only learnt was a thing back then. And then other people would you know be responsible for you know the christmas shopping you know who would get mm-hmm. the the celebrations the heroes the quality street what else is there roses <laughs> who would do all that kind of stuff you know um so so everybody kind of plays their part everybody gets involved but mm-hmm. yeah definitely making some sort of you know limitations i think with keeping it not not realistic not real but keeping it um Fair. Reasonable. Reasonable. That's it. That's the word. I was just thinking about obviously with the with the cost of living escalating as well. Um the impact that that's gonna have because some kids won't be able to understand that if they're used to getting, mm. you know, a certain amount of presents. And uh kids tend to want more expensive things as they get older, don't mm. they? Maybe less items, but um the impact that that's gonna have and the pressure on parents um but at the same time you know i don't want to get into too much doom and gloom around that because actually i think you know sometimes maybe the world does need to go back to basics a bit more and people actually focus on the connections yeah and yeah so uh there's something good to come from everything and, and actually yeah while the financial pressures are going to be there more this year actually i think people will get more creative like people did with covid People got more creative because of the restrictions in place. So sometimes restrictions can actually increase creativity rather yeah. than... That could be a new tradition. You know, you could be, you could do a secret centre, but you've got to buy from a charity shop or, you know, and there's a limit yeah. and it's a small limit or you've got to make something or you've got to write something or you've got to, you know, just do something a little bit. And there you go, you've got a new tradition. Yeah, you know, everyone has to make a decoration for the tree, or you know, or just there's something for the house. Because I remember when I was a kid, you know, for years, some of the absolute atrocious artwork we did for Christmas would get pulled out and put up. You know, for years and years and years, and and those were traditions that were, well, obviously meant a lot because I've remembered them. I'm just laughing to myself now because I'm just thinking about a tradition um, I did in the home once with with another staff member and it was actually for New Year and because essentially what I designed was because the kids had been kind of indoors for so long they were starting to go a little bit stir crazy so we did a New Year's um, scavenger hunt so we drove all <laughs> we drove all around the county. So I would give them a clue, and together they would have to figure out where the, the next location was. And we drove to the next location, and then we would give them the next clue. But at each location, they would have to get out of the car and take a picture to get the prize at the end. Now it sounds great, and it was for so long, but I probably did it for a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you went too far. No, you are kidding me. I won't have that. How many counties did you go around, Hannah? Uh, well, I was like, 
like, well, we'll keep them out. And like, also they were two, one of them was 12 and the other one was eight. And I remember the stuff in the car and it was probably two towards the end where it was just got too far and the kids started bickering and arguing. And we were like, God, we just got to get them home. But then what we did, because we were trying to keep them up late, they weren't used to staying up late. They got home, they, they started arguing. And then the whole night just ended up in like, just all kids upset and tired and we just were like let's go to bed I think we even pretended oh we did we pretended it was midnight and it wasn't it was like 11 <laughs> because it just went but that's the fun stuff right and you learn and the next the next year we adapted because <laughs> I think that's I think that's an interesting one especially with new year because that's 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 another time you know for some people for some families that's 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 a big event as well. And how mm-hmm. do how do we kind of manage that? And I think that's where you can again trying to bring in some traditions. Because you get some I've I've known some stuff. I'm not staying up till midnight. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you do if you was at home? You know? Yeah. Come on. Like you say, if if it's younger children, put the clock forward a couple of hours. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and ten ten o'clock's midnight, but let's you know, let's all see gold legs ironing. Get but the our plan to was to keep them up till midnight so we wanted them to see the fireworks but we we quickly learned that we'd gone too far with it but then you live and you learn and you adapt <laughs> next year <laughs> and i just remember the two of us when we put them to bed we were like thank god we failed but they enjoyed the first couple of hours <laughs> but you got to talk about the failures as well don't you because that i mean for me that was how i live and learn from stuff but there was there's so many things I've seen over this time that have been fantastic in children's homes because it does tend to be the time where everyone goes all out, which is really nice. And I suppose what we're trying to say and what we're trying to get from this is also to make sure that your expectations aren't too high. And that's like so you don't get uh. get, to get disappointed, but also that they're not too low either. Like because you still got to have fun and enjoy it in whatever way that looks like. And it might not look the way that you want it to be, but whatever's way for most appropriate for our children. Um, so I think we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you, everybody. And signing out is Hannah Christmas. And Stu Dolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.